0: That's $110 discount off of $199 per year list price. Membership will renew annually at the then current list price. So, again, check the link in the show notes of this episode. You're listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. This is the CRM Archaeology Podcast. It's the show where we pull back the veil of cultural resources management, archaeology, and discuss the issues that everyone is concerned about. Welcome to the podcast. Hello and welcome to the CRM Archaeology Podcast, episode 273 for September 20th, 2023. I'm your host, Chris Webster. On today's show, we talk about burning down the existing conference and archaeological society structure. So get ready to join a committee because the CRM Archaeology Podcast starts right now. Welcome to the show, everyone. Joining me today is Andrew in California on video. Hey, chart. everybody,
1: how's it going? Coming to you live.
0: <laughs> and then Doug over in Scotland. Hey, everyone. All right. So first off, I got to say, because I just saw this a few days ago, we got to give an immemorium message here. RIP RIParchaeologyfieldwork.com. Jennifer Palmer has decided to close down the site. My wife was saying she thought she saw that last year, too. Maybe she tried this once before and just didn't work, didn't take. But she's been doing this for no money. She's never charged to put something on there. She's basically, you know, done all the work herself. And uh, she's got some tools and some bots and stuff that bring in jobs from like USA Jobs and things like that, I believe. But otherwise, she's put a lot of work into this thing over the past since nineteen ninety six, I think, is is what it says on the website. So Jesus. I, yeah. I I
2: was just I remember there's a little thing. I thought it was like ninety eight or something, but yeah, that's in late nineties,
0: sometime. Yeah, yeah, I know that. Yeah. But that's just phenomenal, and she needs some kind of an award for that because so many people in this field have gotten jobs off of that website. And for some reason, I think it's just the name, Shovel Bums, seems to be more I don't know, more well-known as a word just because of the word shovel bomb. I mean, R Joe Brandon really named it well because of that, <laughs> you know,
2: he's done like a lot. Cause you know, that's his job. So like Jennifer, oh, yeah. ne- as far as I know, never charged ever, no. you know, it costs her, you know, not a lot of money for hosting, but you know, I remember at, at, years ago she'd have to go back and like erase stuff because she would run out of uh, memory on her hosting <laughs> just to be able to post new jobs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, you know, it's costing her probably, you know, a couple hundred a year or something like that to just not including like her time, which I don't, yeah. God, I don't know how many, like hundred K hundreds of thousands of dollars of time she's put into that. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like, yeah. So like, Arjo, he really has pushed shovel bums a lot. Whereas mm-hmm. Jennifer, I mean, I'm not sure she's ever advertised, like as like pushed out right. the website as, as something that. Um, other than, I mean, she's has like she did social media like Twitter and Facebook and groups and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But I don't, I've never actually seen her go into another group and be like, oh hey, this is a service. Yeah. It's all been like organic, where someone's like, yeah. did you know?
0: Yeah, it totally. And I, I just, you know, I really wish somebody could like take over the reins of that, to be honest with you, and and keep that thing going. But right, it does it take a, a dedicated following? And, and if not? It would be nice maybe if like everybody that I guess follows archaeology field work on different places, if they could just suck them up into shovel bums or something like that so you don't lose that audience. But if that's not possible, then, yeah, it sucks. It's nice to have competition, Not nothing against Arjo Brandon. You know, I've talked to him lots of times at different conferences, and he's a, he's a cool guy. And like you said, he does do shovel bombs as a business, which, again... To keep this thing going, I mean, you gotta, you gotta have a buy-in, right? <laughs> like, if you, it's hard to do with a day job. So I totally understand him charging for stuff and wanting to make that his, you know, his life's work, basically. But that is another thing too. Like, eventually, he's going to stop doing it. And does he have employees? Is there anybody poised to take the reins? Can somebody buy shovel bums? It's a business. It's a little scary for our field that we're going to have to rely on, you know, Facebook. As, as job posting, if Shovel Bums dies too, you know what I mean? Anyway. All right. Well, speaking of, you know, things that should die sometimes, <laughs> let's talk about... <laughs> Let's, let's talk about, uh, you know, all those archaeological societies and organizations and things out there that, that we all know. We're all told to join and at multiple levels from, you know, the the lowest level, sometimes being the state or even regionally within the state. If you've got a, a large state that you live in and work in primarily and then up to, you know, regional and sometimes uh, definitely. Well, definitely national associations, depending on what your uh, what your preference is for archaeology and, and and what you do. So, you know, and, and then and then stuff like RPA, right? Things like that is uh, are these things effective? Do they do anything? Doug, you brought this topic up. What more do you have to say to introduce this for us? Uh,
2: well, we're gonna put this in the in the links, show notes. You guys are gonna have to go read this. Um, what somewhat inspired this uh, this topic was th- there's on well now it's the homeland, uh, you know, office of homeland, whatever. There's an old archived book for the the precursor to the CIA, Um, and Mm -hmm. it's a book on, like, how to sabotage, (laughs) you know, it it was meant for World War II, meant to be like a guide to drop into, I assume, occupied France or, you know, parts Mm -hmm. of Germany. I mean, it's all in English, so I'm not sure exactly who the audience was. I assume at some point they probably translated it. It's a wonderful little guide on like how to sabotage different um, industry or, or organizations or processes in a country uh, to slow down. Well, at this time, the Nazis. But yeah. there's a there's a section and, and there's a section that literally is organizations and conferences, and I, I just like you start reading some of these things, and man, it's it's deja vu of like a lot of what we see occur in archaeology. I mean, like, just thinking, like, the very first number one is, like, insist on doing everything through channels. And that's in quotes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Never permit shortcuts to be taken in order to expedite decisions. It's just like, man, I've seen that many a time where... Things are meant to happen. People are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We need to slow down. This needs to go to an AGM, which is 11 months away. And yeah, it, it's just like you start reading through a lot of these things, like how to sabotage organizations and meetings. And it's a bit eerie. Um, and so that's <laughs> that, that's how I come up, came up with the topic is mm. it's, it's something a lot of these tactics I've seen happen. Over the different years in archaeology. And, you know, a lot of them happen in organizations and professional organizations as well. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a reason for that. Um, but uh, before we jump into that, I was going to say have you guys had a chance to read it? And uh, do you have a, a picture, a, a, a favorite one in terms of h- how do you prefer to uh, sabotage initiatives? I think I'm going to try to find the number. One of my favorites. Oh, well, I actually have two. One is like, you know, refer back to like previous meeting minutes and reopen everything that was like done over like those, that two hours that you'd seen in a previous meeting. That That's one of my favorite ones. I've seen that happen many a time, uh, attempt to like redrag something that was already made a decision on. Um, and then there's another one where it's like, oh yeah. When possible, refer all matters to committees for further study and consideration, in quotes, attempt to make the committees as large as possible, never less than five. And yeah, I've seen that happen a lot as well, where there'll be an incident and they'll be like, oh, we need a committee. (laughs) And you guys have probably just heard my daughter yell right through the... Hey, Kato! Hold on, I'm I'm in the middle of a podcast. Okay, (laughs)
0: well, (laughs) we have a special guest today.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll end my conversation so she can. uh... I believe,
1: uh, Doug, I believe your daughter is sabotaging your podcast. So she (laughs) obviously read
0: uh, the guide. Yeah. I, I do. I can't remember if you said this one, Doug, because I was pulling it up as you were saying it. But bring up irrelevant issues as frequently as possible. I really like that one. Yeah, haggle over precise wordings of communications, minutes, and resolutions. <laughs> I don't know how many things I've been in where somebody's like, "Can we reword this? There's a comma out of place. Get out of here. Actually, get out of here, man."
2: Uh, sorry, no. guys. I'll add in there. They one they didn't include was like, "Have a toddler." They include <laughs> right. toddler in your meeting. <laughs> exactly. Right. Right. Nice, nice, amazing. You know how much
1: quicker World War II would have ended if they just dropped toddlers on D Day. It would have just been <laughs> over in a weekend.
0: I know, uh, total chaos, total chaos.
1: Oh man, this the list of stuff when you when you look at that publication, and it's published in I think like January 1944 or something. Like, yeah. like it's 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 really really interesting. It's just. It's a long list of depression for any of us who's been, you know, in this world, you can basically tick all of them. I, I love that Doug brought this because I would recommend anyone who's been in these kind of meetings, which is honestly, most of us download this thing, dude, download this thing, read it through, or even bring it to the meeting like on your computer or on your phone and like check them off as you have to sit through those awful meetings. Like it would be hilarious. And you realize you're checking off a document from world war two designed yeah. to sabotage
0: <laughs> like one of these here is, is directly out of the uh, leadership playbook for CRM. And it's never pass on your skill and experience to a new or oh, less skillful worker. <laughs>
1: yeah. Oh my God. Oh, so just- <laughs> yeah it kills
0: me uh, yeah that, oh
1: yeah that one's perfect i even see that one i'm like looking at the list i'm like yeah.
2: there's
0: a skill
1: set yeah what? oh yeah, yeah we, we haven't even early.
2: got to like that that was just like the conferences and organizations i even got to like if you're a worker like yeah. or if you're a manager I, I i do feel like yeah the manager one hits a little too close to home
0: yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, man. We, we want to bring up, I think we're going to go to break and we'll talk about this more in depth in segment two, but you know, I want to bring up what is the, you know, what is the reason for these conferences and organizations and societies that we have? And and is, is the reason they were started still valid? And how can we maybe, you know, what would we want to see in something like this in the future going forward for the modern society that we live in? We'll talk about that on the other side of the break back in a minute. Hey, Archaeology Podcast fans. Anyone that's heard me on a show has likely heard me mention coffee one or probably a thousand times. Coffee, however awesome it is, has some downsides and should be consumed in moderation. That's why we partnered with Laird Superfoods. They've got lots of stuff, but their coffee and coffee creamers have been engineered to taste better, provide functional benefits, and don't contain any refined sugars. So are you ready to feel more energized, focused, and supported? Go to LairdSuperfood.com and add nourishing plant-based foods to fuel you from sunrise to sunset. Use our promo code ARKPODNETFEED at checkout and save 15% on your purchase today. You can also click the link in your show notes. Welcome back to episode 273 of the CRM Archaeology Podcast, and we are... Talking about societies and conferences and things like that. And I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong. Maybe you guys know this better than I do because I literally did no research on this. But is the reason I will, I think the reason for things like the SAA is and especially regional conferences and things like that is because back in the day and I'm talking like probably 50s and 60s, give or take earlier, earlier in some cases for some of these conferences out there. But around that time frame, there just wasn't an easy way for educators because it was mostly academics. There wasn't an easy way for them to get together and collaborate. There wasn't an internet, you know, they had journals and things like that and journals are another story, but they had no real easy way to just get together and share information and see their colleagues and, you know, do that kind of thing. So it made sense that everybody would physically come together in a space, you know, once or maybe even twice a year and just present research, discuss it, you know, have to have that thing. And And then also as a vehicle for publishing as well, because a lot of these uh, a lot of these bigger conferences, they have their own journals. Right. And that's what that was. That's what I say, you know, probably most of their money is going to aside from the conference itself, which is usually like a million dollars for like the SAAs. But, you know, aside from that, the other big expense that they probably have is the journal, if I had to guess, just because publishing and all that. But you know, and, and that there's some value there, but I feel like the conferences have gone way off the rails for their original intent because there's little chance to even talk to the people who are presenting papers because they're just slamming them through. They're always late. The SAAs has 50 concurrent sessions going on at any one point in time. So you can't even see everything that you want to see. They try to put stuff in tracks, So if you're interested in one thing, it's not overlapping with a with a similar thing. Right. They try to do that. But it's really hard when you've got so many presentations. And I I feel like we'd get a lot more value out of the SAA if they limited it like they do American antiqu- Antiquity. There's only so many articles they can put into each issue. And I feel like if they just limited it and had more time, which which is honestly was the idea behind the cultural share events that we're doing. It's just three presenters. It's about two hours. They get a lot of time. They get We get a short amount of time to present and a lot of time for discussion and questions and things like that to really share and discuss the data and figure out what's going on there. So that's I mean that's that's the reason behind that. But what do you guys think? Is the is am I right on the reason where how they started and you know the fact that they need to change?
2: Well, uh, yeah. I mean that's that's the reason they started. And I think I think there's a conflict with most most all these societies that occur, which is like especially when you get like the big ones. If it's not very, very if you don't have a very very narrow remit, and like a lot of the big ones are, are meant to be all encompassing, uh, there's this there's this huge conflict of like they want to be involved in everything. Mm -hmm. But once you kind of become like a everything for everyone, you, instead of having like an external conflict where, you know, you need to hash it out with a different group. And like, if you were to think of like, you know, a lot of advocacy stuff, like where you have different groups, like trying to push, you know, different things, a lot of those big organizations basically become sort of all encompassing. And then, it all gets dropped into committees and it all becomes (laughs) like, oh yes, we should do this. But the conflict's not out in the open. And so you end up with these sort of sabotage things where it's like, oh, we need a committee to decide this or debate this. And like, you know, we should get as many voices as possible, which in itself is not a bad idea, but at a certain point, your committee of like 48 people never finds a day that everyone can ever always meet. And it basically drags on for years and nothing happens. And to be honest, there are some people, I don't know, you could choose any sort of hot topic, like pick like NAGPRA. Like, you could definitely mm-hmm. see that those sort of things happening a lot in like the big organizations where there's committees to discuss things. I, and I mean, like, that issue dragged on for how many, well, still drags on for how many decades? Dec- yeah. I mean, like, the, the law is, is 30 years old ish. Yeah. And the conversations that happened happened decades before that. But um, mm-hmm. that's because, you know, there's a conflict where there are one group of people who, don't believe that human remains of certain ethnicities should be excavated or studied or anything along those. And there's another group mm-hmm. of people who who do. And occasionally you're now sort of seeing this like fight out in the open with those people with news articles on right wing and left wing media and, you know, all that sort of stuff. But there's that conflict, but they've tried to keep that internal. Yeah. Uh, and you see that with so many organizations where and it's a part about organizations where they don't like to have split offs like if you look at like wac so world archaeological converse broke mm. off from oh, the french one the society of some prehistory something whatever yes. back in the 80s and and wac is like meant to be very political it, it's meant to mm. be the political archaeology organization and it's always it always cracks me up like every every other year someone goes on the whack listserv and it's like oh we should keep our our, um, uh, politics out of archaeology it's like oh man you're in the wrong organization for that but you see this and it's like they always want to be involved like when it becomes a big organization they're afraid of like things splitting off and them losing power losing control and so everything gets brought internally and you basically have these I don't know petty Procedural infighting, uh, Chris. I'll try to keep my uh, cuss words down because I'm pretty sure I, I use like a cuss word every time I'm on the podcast. But you guys know what words yeah. I'm gonna be throwing out there.
1: <laughs> sad, sad, <Doug>. sad. <laughs> and I think many of us in the archaeology world have experienced all this stuff we're talking about in terms of organizations. I think that the big, the big mamas that we've already talked about, be it the AAAs, be it the SAAs, whatever, they're this weirdly like. They don't do like what Chris was saying in the beginning. They don't really do what they're supposed to do anymore. They kind of silo off and there's like, you know, 40 different little branches that are doing their own thing. And then yeah. every so often they oddly get some B up their bonnet and write a strongly worded letter. We're writing a strongly <laughs> worded letter to some about something, but you know what? Nobody cares. It's, it's yeah. a hilariously ineffectual thing to do. Well, we will stand up for I don't know, you know the the yeah. the rights of of this river to flow free you're like Dude, okay that's great but yeah, who cares it's ineffectual so i think the only way out for groups like this or for people listening to the podcast you, you you know you you're like what should i sign up for my students always are like should i sign up for the saas i'm like no sign up for the <laughs> local ones you know because the local groups do what chris was saying they do what the SAAs did in like 1952 you know you you have when you when you are a member of the local ones and you have a meeting there's only like 30 of you there sometimes at the really small ones and you really Mm -hmm. get time you really come together you really learn stuff and I love the little ones I love I love the littlest of the little ones you know Mm. Um, that's really all I go to these days I I just I get no joy out of the SAAs besides seeing friends and that kind of
0: stuff but you know it's like, why? I mean, along those lines, though, that's, we've had conversations about conferences and and how to make them better before. And I'm still going to say, I do think there is value in joining uh, other people physically, even though I'm I'm a totally virtual kind of guy. And and it doesn't necessarily have to be physically. It just has to be a space where you can split off, you can have private conversations, but then you can go and and then talk to somebody else and you can bring a group together, that kind of thing. And I'm saying that because it, I mean, it really could be virtual. It could be through mm-hmm. VR. It could be through Second Life, for Christ's sake. Everybody could have access to that. I mean, something where you can have those types of interactions and it doesn't need to be, you know, a thousand miles away in a $300 right. a night hotel room. Right. It doesn't yeah. have to be that. And so because that that just puts up a, a barrier right it puts up a barrier to entry for for a totally. lot of people and but there is value in some of those conversations if something comes out of it but you're totally right those committees i mean i've been in some of those things where i mean shit people are so fired up at the conference but then like what happens if there's not one person driving it after that then it literally dies right, the, right. you you need somebody who can really manage it's really project management and so many archaeologists are so fucking terrible at project (laughs) management. It's just, you know, we're not, we're not trained for it and we're not, uh, you know, nobody has like a, I I really think project managers and PIs should have a a project manager license, to be honest with you, a certification, you know, they should go through that course and, and learn real project management. And it's, it's sad that we don't, but that being said, nothing ever gets done.
2: Uh, this could sound like high level, like tin, tin foil cap, like conspiracy level, <laughs> but part of it is also like power and like some things are definitely most likely killed very specifically because, and they do it in a nice way. Again, you, you throw it out to a committee. If you don't want things to happen, you throw it out to a committee and you let it drag on for years and years until people forget. Yep. Mm-hmm. And like... I honestly like. Again, I think I'm gonna go back with Andrew and say like, if it's if it's something that you care about, I don't know if it's if it's Nagpra, either side of the issue, or if it's we could probably name 500 different issues and stuff like that. Honestly, you should go outside the big organizations because I mean, look at what happened. I like to refer to them as a blessing, but um, because it's blessings, a group of unicorns because they're so rare, but it is the, uh, (laughs) the black, black archeologist society. Like if that had been an SAA committee, when like George Floyd had happened and all that, they still probably would be writing up a uh, statement about like what would happen. And by being a separate organization, suddenly they were so much more effective being a separate organization as opposed to being a somewhat appointed so-and-so's friend. I I shouldn't say friend, but like you see this a lot in power structures of those big organizations where it's a lot of the same people getting appointed to different committees to lead to the same things. Some of that is because it's the same people volunteering. But, you know, some of that is like you see a lot of how things are structured. They're structured to sort of keep the same status quo. I mean, look at SAA. I, I, am not. There's going to be a ding on some people. And I know they do a really good job, but them or EAA, they have committees to find people to run for president, or you know, vice president, or secretary, and stuff like that. And like, you, you have to be put forward by this committee, which is a huge barrier to being able to like run or change any sort of organization. So if I, if I wanted, if I had a, Big issue, and I wanted to go change the SAA. I would first have to go get nominated or endorsed by the the uh, nomination committee and get their mm-hmm. approval. Or uh, yeah. EAA just changed their rules recently that now you need to get like 10 members' endorsements, which is know. hugely mm-hmm. limiting, unless yeah. you know, if, if you know that that limits to a very select sort of people who basically you know are always. <laughs> You know, you have to be a member, and you're like, oh, I, I know a right. bunch of archaeologists, but not all of them are members. And it's all the people who are involved will know at least 10 other people who are members and can get nominated and stuff right. like that. And you see this. Yeah.
1: I would even say for, for me, who's like a mid-career archaeologist, full-time job, I know a ton of people. I've been in there a long time. I know a lot of people who are in the SAA, but even for me, if I've if I had to do that, that feels a thousand miles away. Like it just feels like it's this little sort of a feat group of people who just kind of vote for each other in the same little room. And you're right. Nothing ever, nothing ever changes. But I I will say, I don't think your tin hat thing is a tin hat at all. I think it's about power, like all the time. You even see this in small groups. You got to be honest. Like, like, it's just like we as uh, human beings who are just apes who walk on two legs, you know, we just have these simple thoughts like, you know, me take power me keep power you bad because you were like trying to take my power i don't want to share yeah and and you'll see these it's almost human nature writ large you know so i think it's it's totally about power lots of the time
2: yeah yeah for and, sure. and you and it gets self-replicating as well yeah. Like, um and, and so like another uh another note will will well, or link we have in the show notes is to this article. Um, and it's actually a really great like seven-part series about like how shit Sparta was. Um, they're really good at like <laughs> propaganda, but like uh, there's the, one, of the, one of the articles looks at like their their win ratio, which is like 50%. So like Spartans were supposed to be a great warriors and actually he's like, yeah, actually man, you pretty much just flip a coin and they may win, they may lose. They, they weren't really that great. In one of the series, he actually looks at like the political system and how it basically concentrates power and eventually leads to like Sparta's demise because they don't have enough soldiers Mm. because they concentrate all the wealth and yada, yada. But like reading it, there's a a whole description of this uh, side sort of elected body of the people who get to vote and stuff like that and there's a quote in there where it's just like it, it's not it's not actually about voting it's to give the veneer of voting and really to rubber stamp it so everyone thinks that they have had an input and i was just i read that and i thought of cifa which is the uh, Chartered institute for archaeology because they actually have a whole yeah. they have a separate body so there's a board and then there's a council And there's a which is made up of like all the little subgroups that they have, and it has I don't know, forty potentially forty some people. It's this huge group, and they do all these meetings, and they have absolute like they can only make recommendations Mm. to the board. They they can't they can't um, they can't vote. They can't make a decision. They can't really push things through. They they basically a huge portion of like a way to get involved in the membership, unless you run for a board it is basically like the vo- vast majority of people actually involved in some sort of quote unquote decision actually have no decision-making power anywhere in the en- entire organization. It's there to sort of give people, you know, the veneer of like, Oh, we've had a decision when really the yeah. decision's been made. It's just, it's 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 trying to bring you on board and make you feel like everyone else is on board yeah well hey
0: with that let's take our last break and then we'll come back wrap up this discussion on the other side back in a minute
1: join us today during the jeep celebration event right now get 20 percent below msrp for an average of 15,178 under msrp on the purchase of a 2023 jeep grand cherokee overland four by e or summit four by e not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a
0: registered trademark. Welcome back to the CRM Archaeology Podcast, episode 273. And again, we are talking about the garbage dumpster fire that is conferences and archeological societies and things like that. So let's try to figure out, I mean, where, where do we go from here? Right. And again, we've had this discussion before, but you know, how do we make, or what would we like to see, you know, in a, in a modern setting, you know, what, what can these things do and, and do they have any place in, like, I think you said, Andrew, in the very beginning was, you know, you see these you know, lobbying and, and, and writing a strongly worded letter to Congress or something like that. The SAA does that all the time, you know, when something (laughs) comes out, but it literally has no teeth because who are they and what do they do? Right. right? I mean, sure. They represent a lot of archeologists, but unlike other institutions that are say um, unions or actual professional societies where people have to join in order to get hired, right. Like apprenticeships Mm -hmm. and things like that, you know, those types of things, they actually have some power because, you know, you can you can tell their people to strike and and not uh, and not actually work for anybody, right? And that will just right. grind business to a halt. But archaeology is not like that yet, right? And if it is, yeah. if it was, then we'd have a lot more power. But we simply don't. So what can we do? Yeah, I don't know. You know, it's I, I think it's it's a combination
1: of things. It's obviously kind of a, a brave new world for a, a bunch of this stuff, just because technology's gotten so much better. Zoom has gotten so much better in just the last you know handful of years. I I would sort of just go back to saying. For big organizations like the SAAs or something like that. And I don't mean to poo-poo the SAAs too harshly. I'm super glad they're there. You know, I'm yeah. I'm happy to, to be a member and I always wish them well. But at the same time, you know, there are certain things that are intrinsically funny <laughs> about what they do. So I would say in terms of the the big meetings, they gotta have a larger like online component. They gotta have just like a Zoom component or a component where you can just watch the meetings from home. They totally don't Mm -hmm. do that, right? They, in terms of kind of gatekeeping it or leaving it so others can't enjoy, you just have to spend all the money to fly to Denver and have a hotel and all that stuff. It is not worth it, you know? So why not have that be, have a much stronger virtual component? But then the local meetings, those can stay, you know, totally local, totally in person, because those are great. Again, the local ones do them perfect. I got no complaints. I'm like local meetings. Just keep doing what you're doing. Those are great. You know, but but as you get bigger, I think there is that responsibility to have an online component because it ultimately could be really healthy for the SAAs. They could get more people Mm -hmm. into it, you know, if they had this and i know they could do it they throw up every single excuse just like to go back to what doug was saying about the you know subverting things it's like the saa goes i just i can't we can't we can't never do i think one (laughs) of the lines in that subversion manual was act stupid and and you know they'll i don't this computer thing we can't do this i don't that's impossible (laughs) right you know
0: you're like stop yeah so that's what i would say You're not wrong, yeah. And and a comment on the virtual component thing. I don't know how many other industry conferences do this, but I I've gone to several podcasting conferences and I've mentioned it on this show before. But maybe somebody from the SA is listening. I've always heard because we we've presented at the SA before to the SA leadership uh, many times. The Archaeology Podcast Network has said, "Hey." can we record some shows officially and then release those? And, you know, even if we just do it for you guys and you release it behind your own paywall there, because it's the conference, they've always been reluctant to do that because they're like, well, then people won't go to the conference. And then we lose all our money on this hotel because it's super expensive to, to pay for the whole thing, which I understand. But that being said, you know, you've got what a few thousand people there. And there's probably three or four times that's in the industry that just can't make it or can't go. And, Easy. and, and, Yeah. And part of the reason why there's so many papers concurrently is because the reason people go, the reason they get funding for it is so they can present. So I would say most of the people that are there are probably presenting, right? So all all the ones that want to go and just have discussions with their colleagues and stuff, they either can't go because they can't get the funding for it. Or, you know, it's just, they got one conference they can pick a year and that's not the one they're going to. So, but the virtual component, so these podcasting conferences, they always sell a virtual ticket, and they have a, a professional production company back there in each room. And there's not there's not 50 different rooms that also would cause a problem. I mean, yeah. that would cost a lot of money. I understand that, but there's they've got a, a a professional company. It takes them two to three weeks to put all the video together, and then it's up on a website. And if you buy the virtual ticket. It's not as expensive as the in-person ticket, but it's pretty damn close because you have mm-hmm. access to everything. And if you went, you get you automatically get the virtual ticket if you actually right. attended the conference. So, and, and I mean, if you're having trouble paying for this to get done, I mean just just have a virtual ticket. Doug, you guys have a company that does filming of the presentations and then puts them up. I mean, how do the how do the conferences pay for that? You know what I mean? How, is it just they have just raised the price for everybody, or you know how? Do, I don't understand how they pay for that and then get away with it.
2: Uh, well, it's not a company; it's a charity, um, well, sure. and that's 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 how most of them uh, get away with it. Is because uh, I'm, I'm always grateful when people pay, but usually um, <laughs> they 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 pay for like travel and accommodation, and that's that's about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, just. Just go back. Uh, the SIFA conference. There was about two hundred people online, two hundred people in person. Yeah. EAA, six hundred people online. So it's not. It wasn't as even, but it was six hundred people and maybe 3,000 mm. or something in person. Yeah. Or or twenty-six hundred. Uh, I need to remember what it was, but you know, it's yeah. it's a significant amount. I, uh, there's a, that's, this is a whole other podcast about the economics of how, how those things can work. Yeah. So it, it is doable, mm-hmm. but you know, I also think, again, this is like internal conflicts of organizations. Like if you had an entirely online conference, then people don't get to be sent to nice places to have uh, little get togethers <laughs> yeah. or, you know, uh, there's, there's, there's a huge, there's a lot of like, you know, a lot of fear in, in, in organizations mm. where they, it, I would say, you know, they want to be involved in everything, but they want everything to stay the same because it feels comfortable and there's no yeah. risk. Yeah. and Let's go back to the comments. I know I'm gonna gonna I'm channel, my, uh, my, my bill, my bill on tenure um and just say burn it all down yeah uh, but no like seriously like uh, i think andrew had a great point where like uh some of these things you see you see in small groups like everyone I, I, we keep talking about this manual you guys really if you're if you're listening to this you, you need to go and, and read it it's hilarious yeah but you, you'll see this in non-archeology span things it's 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 like how to sabotage and it's it's brilliant and you see it in a lot of things I honestly think that if people are are truly interested in, like, seeing a change, I don't know, you can pick whatever change you want that to be, whether it be, you know, the adoption of, of three-inch trowels over the five-inch, you know, and that's, that's your thing. I, I will die uh, on that hill. Yes. yes <laughs> see, whatever, hill you, whatever hills yeah. you want to die on. I, I think people need to actually, like, we don't give enough Enough tools to people on how to go through yeah. the process of making that change. Yeah. Um, and so everyone then immediately pushes it on to the big organizations. Hey, why aren't you caring about my three inch trial yeah. issue? And um, <laughs> they get overwhelmed, but also. They get, they're like, oh, well, if, if our members are interested in this, we, we have to say something. We, we need to put out a statement about the three inch trial versus the five inch and, and, you know, Marshalltown versus WHS. And, you know, <laughs> the, the, this is an issue where we need to look like we're doing something. And that's not like, that's not the way to go forward. That's, that is a good way to like kill whatever initiative you have is to, try to go through a large organization I and mean, that's not to say you can't include them but you really should like find your your three inch trowel fans create your own little mm-hmm. fandom yeah build something and then you take it to that organization already handed out and say you want to sign in on to our like uh, three inch life t- for, for life trowel <laughs> yeah. campaign you I know that totally
1: um, t-shirt i need that t-shirt, <laughs> dude. uh but I, I, I totally agree. But I would only say I would say one other thing. Doug, it, it, I think you're totally right on all that stuff, except I would not invite the big organization at the end because they're just going to screw it up. You know, like because you already have your group. You got your three inch trial group. You've made this grassroots organization. So it's really cool. And people come to it. And because of how modern technology and everything works, you can have your entire association and do great things in, in Despite them, they will only come in, you know, with all the stuff we've been talking about with some big bureaucracy, they're going to tear the heart out of it. You know, so like I I don't think they're largely not needed in that case.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I, I think there is there's a definitely there's a fear of missing out for people who are like, oh, you know, S.A.A. Million dollar turnover, two million, couple of million each year. You know, members fees, mm-hmm. conference, all that stuff. That they are the only organization that has, you know, multiple members of staff. I mean, SHA—they don't even have any staff, do they? AAA's yeah, have they staff. Have I think that's, yeah, they have some. Do they? SHA so. now finally has, has staff. <laughs> I, I want to say yes, but. Again, yeah, like if know. we <laughs> if we're not sure, they probably don't, or it, it's they don't have enough resources. But I think it's it's this idea that like oh, there's a big organization. If I could just get them on board, they'll bring you know this, these dozens of people, paid staff, to to make three inch trowels a thing in the United States, <laughs> as as opposed to your longer Marshalltown. Yeah, but it it doesn't it, it doesn't work like i ah, the effort you're going to put into that is not going to see the return you're going to get from that organization in yeah. most cases okay so we
0: need to wrap this up but i just want to say i'll, I'll bring this back and i didn't intend this to, to even talk about this to be honest but it just keeps coming up but those cultural share events that we're doing and we're about to have our our fourth one, we're having them quarterly. Uh, my intent, honestly, my big, my big grand vision for the future is to have them at least monthly, if not more frequently. But they're always focused on a single topic and very few people presenting. Right, like I said, it's more of a a data sharing kind of thing or a knowledge sharing type of event and and discussion sort of thing. It's it designed to spark discussion, right, and and ideas and things like that. But the idea would be eventually to possibly even have in-person events, whether those are virtual or something like that, where you're not just a person in a chat room, you're, you know, you're actually kind of uh, attending somewhat. And whether that, like I said, is virtual in some sort of VR environment or, or actually in person, just still limiting the number of people, increasing the number of, of networking events that there are there. Right. And the number of workshops, I think workshops is a good place to have workshops and, and learn actually how to do certain things and, and increase your skill levels. That's a good place to do that. Right. Is, is places like that. So I don't know. That's what I would focus on. I don't know if I'd ever get to that point with the cultural share stuff, just because I'm very opposed to the in-person thing, the in-person physically thing, not the in-person virtual thing, but we'll see. I don't know. So,
2: yeah, well, all right. Final uh, thoughts. Uh, I'd say watch out, Chris, because like, <laughs> if you become successful you're going to rile feathers and sure. you
0: know I don't care I'll be dead soon yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. well, all right. well anyone else
2: listening who's not planning on dying in the next like 12 months <laughs> oh um, my god yeah yeah I mean I would say definitely I've said go out and build your own thing but just be aware that like building your own thing you're going to have – and this is the the thing about big organizations. You see this with companies as well. Like, I don't know. How many companies now have an AI division slash head of technical whatever um, yeah. that, that suddenly existed in the last – month and then like you know going before that how many had what were those little virtual things it sounds like it's oh uh cryptocurrency and then um you know going before that uh, now all the media companies have streaming services even though they lose a ton of money and yada yada Mm -hmm. but basically if people see success there's a fear of missing out and they will jump in Mm -hmm. and yeah. yeah. Just, just be aware. Like you may leave, and again, I, I'm with Andrew on this. I don't want to sound like unfair to SAA or any of the other organizations out there, but they may come for you and crush you later. So that's, yeah. that's, that's life. Yeah. Um, and again,
1: yeah.
2: I, I, I'm with Andrew. Organizations are organizations made of people. They try their best and it's not we're just talking about them because they're the biggest um and we will yeah. sort of beat up on them but that's not nothing personal against the saa if you're listening yeah like yeah, yeah. i know yeah uh,
1: no i would agree and i just i i would agree with you doug i would just say that i, I mean again it's never been a better time to sort of do, do your own thing i mean here we are on the archaeological podcast network you know chris you may have a feeling for this you know doing your own thing outside this is Nothing to do with the SAA. How's the SAA's podcast network these days? Oh, right. that <laughs> yeah, one. Exactly. You know, I'm sure there's still somewhere yeah. in committee. So, you know, good for us. And also, uh, I, I am not I will say I'm not a fan of sort of the idea of burning anything down or whatever. I don't like when people say that. I'm mm-hmm. like, no, they they do their own thing. And that's great. You know, and I and I wish them well. But it, it, the idea of if they come for us, bring them on. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. What are they going to do again? I, I guess another strongly worded letter is on the way to us. So what? I'm sure of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, well, with that, I think we'll call it. So, yeah, if anybody from one of the big organizations is listening to this podcast and you would like to have a podcast, maybe on the APN or maybe just the APN can help you put it together. I'm shocked that none of the big societies or organizations have a podcast that I'm aware about, that I'm aware mm-hmm. of, right? I mean, I just I'm actually shocked by that. Even just to interview the people who are in your journals, right? Like you could have a corresponding podcast where you expand the conversation beyond the journal articles. I've I've wanted to do that before, but I'm not going to do it for you you know what i mean right. so it's just uh, I, I don't understand well, all that so you should charge anyway. them chris
2: do it for them well, and charge
0: them for it I would but none of them want to pay for it i've definitely approached some of them before about that idea and it just falls on deaf ears because they don't see the value so you know that's um we don't have the right people in place in those organizations that do see the value in that which is unfortunate
2: no you do it's it's just that uh when they raise that up yeah uh, you know they raise it up and it's a committee of 12 yeah. and three people see the value and this is this is why you don't this is why you don't have small yeah. committees chris is you gotta make sure that nothing happens um yeah. without uh without the control and Get exactly. serious this is like like you will uh, any any organization you go to there's going to be people on whatever board or whatever committee that will be be like yeah a podcast man definitely a yeah. uh, problem is is there's yeah. only three of them and 18 people show up to the meetings and always are going to get outvoted
0: all right well with that we'll end this show and we'll be back with whatever is on archaeo field text next week so thanks a lot <laughs> bye
2: <laughs> well, that, i thought that was the outro you that, said goodbye already really chris mistaken. You I said goodbye. You, oh, That's no, no, no. You're, you're dugging us right here. You said goodbye back. before the outro.
0: That's it for another episode of the CRM Archaeology Podcast. Links to some of the items mentioned on the show are in the show notes for this podcast, which can be found at www.archpodnet.com slash Podcast. Please comment and share anywhere you see the show. If you'd like us to answer a question on a future episode, email us. Use the contact form on the website or just email chris at com. Support the show and the network at arcpodnet.com slash members. Get some swag and extra content while you're there. Send us show suggestions and interview suggestions. We want this to be a resource for field technicians everywhere, and we want to know what you want to know about. Thanks, everyone, for joining me this week. Thanks also to the listeners for tuning in, and we'll see you in the field.
2: <laughs> see you guys Goodbye. Hey, <laughs> uh, Hold on, guys. I think we're rushing to conclusions before we end this uh, podcast I think we should go by by the book we should go through official channels before we end this I would recommend that we actually we probably need to set up a committee to decide on ending this I I only see three of us here so obviously we need Bill we need Heather Uh, we should get get Tristan Robert's rules yeah um (laughs) I'm sorry, Chris. We can't. We can't end this. That's I, true. Yeah, you All have right. to follow the I rules. Realize that. That's correct. I'm, yeah, I'm hitting I, the I, stop uh,
0: button because we're following Chris's rules.
2: No, <laughs> no, right. no, no. I I can't say goodbye. Go. I refuse to say goodbye Bye. until we follow the yeah, rules. Fine. Until we follow the Committing rules. No, no, you can't.